following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand of Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it and he bangs it into the touchdown. Here are Mickey Spagnola, Brian Broaddus, Rob Phillips, and Bill Jones. Salutations from Mickey Spagnola on this Tuesday, May 28, 2019. Another week of Talking Cowboys after a glorious Memorial Day weekend. And we hope all of you enjoyed yours. Second week of OTAs is underway here at the Star in Frisco. Bill Jones with Mickey Spagnola, Rob Phillips, and Brian Broaddus. How was everybody's weekend? It's great. It was long. Right. That's How the most doing, guys? bad. Good, Jason. <laughs> long weekend. That's the most important thing. It was wonderful. Yeah. Very good. Very yeah, good. All fine. Auto all racing right. all weekend for me. So auto racing. Yeah. Really? Did yeah. you go to Indy? No, I tried to. Okay. Yeah, I just was denied. So, oh. but yeah, maybe next year. Not often that Brian Broaddus is denied. Yeah. <laughs> but you enjoyed it anyway. Yeah, I did. Enjoyed it. And now ready to get back to work. You football, probably football, already football. got back to work. Football, football, football. Yep. 100 yep. days from kickoff. That's huh? right. I uh, heard that uh, this morning driving in. 100 days from the 100th season of National Football League action. I guess that's counting down to the Thursday night game? Yes. Okay. Well, that's not a lot when you think about I know it. training camp in between that. Cowboys will be departing for Oxnard on July 25th. Mm. So we are now less than two months away from that. <laughs> Which means we're, we're three months away from the start of the season, right? Basically. basically. That's well, not we're, good. We're really good in math right now, aren't we're, we, guys? We're less than three months away from Hawaii also. Mm. So some of us have that circled. It's going to be a long trip home. <laughs> yes, it will. And um, and actually, this uh, I was thinking, 100th year of the NFL, it's also the 60th season of Dallas Cowboys football. So I always what? get that confused. Is that right, Bill? Are you sure of that? It's the, is it the 59th season. It's the 60th season. 60th season. Right. 59th yeah. Coming year, up. but 60 seasons. Right, yeah. exactly. See, I always get that confused. And I remember in 1984, somebody came out with, and maybe the Dallas Morning News, a 25-year silver anniversary uh, season all-time Cowboys team. Okay. So my challenge to you is... A 60-man roster. Maybe we could do a 53-man roster and then add coaches to get up to the top 60 in Dallas Cowboys football. But I'm not talking. I'm talking put together a roster, a game day roster. We talked about doing something like that, and I don't think we're going to do it this year on the website. <laughs> did we could do it on Talking Cowboys? No, did he just give us Cowboys. a project and not tell us what we were doing? <laughs> could we have given us some thoughts? You're going to make us do this on the top of our head right no, now? No, we didn't do it. No, not oh, right oh, now. Oh, I mean, oh. it's just a okay, sort so, of a summertime project. Okay. Okay. Gosh, up, we, we have uh, do we have benchmarks to complete this project, or we, is it just gonna? You know, we're probably about sixty days away from the first Cowboys practice in Oxnard. What era sure. do you think most of the players would come from? What era of Cowboy history would most of our starters come from? Do you think the nineteen nineties, seventies? I'm, I'm uh, you know, I immediately was penciling, okay, Hall of Famers go in. Hall of Famers, wherever, on at the team. At their positions? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we got a mailbag question. But you question. got multiples at, at some positions. We had but, a, a, like a, on a smaller scale. Running back? We had a mailbag question a couple weeks ago. The all-time offensive line. If you mm-hmm. picked five, what would it be? And that's tough because, I mean, you might take a couple guys from this current line. Do you even want to break up the 90s line, the Great Wall? Rayfield, right? I didn't think I mean, it was that hard. I don't think you'd take them by units. I think you'd take them by individual players. I, I, to me, like, you know, when you started talking about the Larry Allens and Zach Martins and, mm-hmm. you know, you could you – could, uh, now, the, the, to me – Where does Nate Newton fall on that list? Well, that's you know? what I'm saying, though. That's what I'm saying. Right, but I think you go with a first team and a second team as far as putting yeah. together your, your roster there. Why did I answer that question when the mailbag? I didn't think that was a problem at all. You I, picked, I put Nate Newton as a backup. He yeah. was my backup guard. Yeah, because we had the guy. The question came was 
Name your starters and then your three backups, like a game day situation. Oh, that's right. There were, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, a, game, it was like taking eight linemen like of the game. Yeah. yeah. Like who, are, who are your games, your mm-hmm. game day guys? Tell so, them. so we, let's do it. Okay. A 46 man roster. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. 46 man roster. Sounds like a lot of work. I'm trying to go on vacation. And I want to take notes here. Or what? I want a coaching staff that gets you to 60. Like Boy. head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, running backs coach, all down the line. That's what I want. Your head coach has to be Landry, doesn't it? I would think it has to be Landry. I would yes, think so. It should be Landry. 29 consecutive mm-hmm. seasons. Yeah. Who's your defensive coordinator? Jimmy. <laughs> I was going to say, can he be assistant head coach? <laughs> because you think about the guys that, like you say. Landry was kind of his own defensive He was his own, his own defensive coordinator, yeah. but. You know, I'm just kind of just going through. Yeah, if you, it would be. I think the coaching part of it would be pretty difficult to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think you could come up with a 46 man roster. Yeah, I really do. We could when this thing gets really quiet. If we're still, are we doing shows all the way up to camp? We could spend a show on this, mm-hmm. like think, in July. I think Derek's telling us that we'll probably, we'll we'll probably take, a break? take a break. Yeah, we'll probably take after, a little break. Oh, after mini camp. Yeah, mm. don't we normally? We normally do. I don't know. Boy, I forget we're, every we're year. Of, does it all blend in? <laughs> yes. to each other? we're just kind of meander. Man, maybe maybe this is just meander, a, uh, just a little along right uh, now. like a Twitter project, whatever that can mm. be incorporated into the show or something like that. Sure. So okay. anyway, I just thought of that as I as I pondered 100 years of NFL football and now the 60th year of Dallas Cowboys football. Wanstead, your DC. That's, a, That's one that popped to my the mind. The name that came to my mind, mm-hmm. Rob Ryan. Now I don't me. know if you. <laughs> I don't know if you have to have longevity because he was only there for five, five years. Yeah, but what a hell of a run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And was, see, that's what costs Jimmy is if you're even going to make him why a am I Why am I going brain dead on who the defensive coordinator was for Landry back in the day? I know you're talking about <laughs> well, that, but Ernie Jim Ernie Stocko. Ernie, Ernie Stockner would be gosh, your defensive Brian, line yeah. coach. I mean, and then, if, he, at least. and then he took over yeah. as coordinator. Right. Special teams coach. Wow. Y'all missed the taco drop of the day. We didn't miss the taco <laughs> drop. <laughs> Kip's an outstanding football coach. Yeah, exactly. Kent Garrison here to take your phone call for, if you'd like to. For, uh, you play drops as well. Special teams coach, you'd have to say Joe Alvisano's in there. Mike Ditka, I believe, was a start yeah, of a special a teams coach here at one time. Yeah, was, was he? Kind of oh. a short a short run, but he was yeah. a special teams guy. Alan Lowry. Alan Lowry. Alan Lowry from yeah, Irving good. High School. Exactly. Yeah. You know who taught me how to get oh, into geez, a three-point stance? Alvin, Alan, Alan Lowry. Lowry. Alan Lowry at it the Irving Taco. YMCA probably 50 years ago now. Taco. University of Taco. Texas. <laughs> exactly. Knew that was coming. Secondary coach. We're going to pick a kicking coach, too. I like that. Steve Hoffman. You got Hoffman. Agagenian. Yeah, there Steve you go. Hoffman. That's another one, too. Stallings. Stallings. Gene Stallings mm-hmm. was defensive coordinator, yeah. yeah. No, he was the secondary, secondary coach. Secondary coach, yeah. 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 Okay. So, all right. Um, you know what? <laughs> God. Who I ran into, all... by the way, a couple of weeks ago. At a wedding? At uh, Cliff Harris's fundraiser. Oh, okay. Gene was the co-chair. Outdoor wedding? Yeah. Outdoor wedding? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you No, I saw Troy Aikman there. Yeah, name dropper. Nice. Since he brought it up, trying to be a smart aleck. <laughs> Just pulling back the curtain a little bit. Yeah. Okay, you all, all three of you were there for the first open OTA to the media. Yeah. I was unable to make it last week. So I need to be informed, and I think our listeners probably would love to be informed on observations from OTA week number one, even though it was six days ago and we anxiously await the second open media session tomorrow. What pops out? I was surprised that they showed us that their willingness to play Connor Williams at tackle mm-hmm. right off the bat. I thought that was something that maybe they would do on a, on a Thursday or something like that. And oh, not for the it. open media. Yeah, that, that yeah. They I, I thought that show they show their hand. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's show their <laughs> hand, but yeah, I, I thought it was something we'd see in training camp. I didn't think we'd see it this early, though. Well, they, I, their hand was forced a little bit. I mean, they could have played somebody there. Who? Uh, Campos La- played right tackle. He, Campos played right. So and they, now, they got those what young do you kids? Got? They got those young kids. Yeah, and Dave they didn't Campo want to mess right up tackle. the line. If you're going to put your five best offensive linemen out there. Then Williams and Sue Afilo are going to be two of them. To your point, I think he's still a guard. 
No, he is. Yeah. When I, I, asked, I just when said, I asked I Mark Colombo how you would have lined up if everything was equal, Connor Williams is my guard. You're getting angry again. Left it's guard. early in the show no, to get angry. I just said. He would be your starting left guard. So you're not yes. so, so you're you're not they did it out of necessity is what you think then, well, right? Well, how many how many tackles were missing? Well, they had their they Tyron had, they, Smith they've been sat. playing those young tackles. Cameron I mean, Smith sat. Cameron Fleming sat and when they went to team, Lael Collins came out. Yeah. The only thing you could have done, I mean, you could have thrown a rookie in there. You could sure. have th- you could have thrown Hyatt in there. You could have thrown Hyatt. Hyatt's been playing. He's yeah, been playing there. Yeah, but he ain't the left tackle. Well, it's just practice. It, it is. <laughs> I would well, imagine. Uh, thank you. It's practice. Exactly. But, That's why he was out there, because it's just practice. It, but I'm, I'm asking you. We ain't talking about the game. There it is. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Kent, love you. We're talking about practice, man. <laughs> Now, if you get to the season and there's an emergency situation like this, it would make sense you would throw in Connor Williams because he's one of your best linemen, and he has—I mean—he played left tackle I think all three years at Texas, so it, sure ma- it, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, guard is still his spot. I think you're probably looking at 2020 as a possibility at tackle to get to I mean, a we'll pra- see. to get through that a practice. Right they move yeah. the starter at left guard to play left tackle for a practice. Is that what we're saying? Because he had experience doing it at a high level. He's never played left tackle here. But he did it three years in college. Sure. And no, I bet right. his three years in college was better than anybody else. If it's else just a practice, why didn't they, to to just a practice, why didn't they just put All I'm telling you is what Mark Colombo told me. Oh, that's fine. So, that's yeah. fine. That's what he said. No, to I'm your surprised, point, yeah. Bill, they showed us left tackle that Connor Williams is playing there. My answer. And to just add to that, offensive line, defensive line, it's tough to get a gauge on it right now because if you look at the starters for both sides, correct me if I'm wrong. Connor, or he will. Left to right, <laughs> Connor Williams, Xavier Suofilo, Joe Looney, Zach Martin, Jake Campos, D-line, left to right, Robert Quinn, Malik Collins, Daniel Ross, Dorrance Armstrong. That's it. Or right to left, excuse me. Yeah, you got it right. So you're getting you're looking at a lot of young guys. You got guys coming off surgeries. You got guys a little banged up, have a little something. So it's kind of hard to gauge right now. But you're getting to look at some young guys, which is good. And when you throw out those defensive linemen, we should quickly point out, as you were alluding to, there are so many that are out, which include Demarcus Lawrence, yep. Taco Charlton, Antoine, Antoine Woods. Woods. So there you go, Randy, Randy Gregory. Gregory. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and to Brian's point, Lyle Collins, he's got the rotator cuff surgery that he had, so I don't know how much we're going to see him in these OTAs. Um, Frederick is working back from a shoulder thing too. It's not really a lot of pre-practice so much, stuff with those guys. Yeah, yeah, doing some individual stuff. So you're not getting a great gauge right now of your fronts. So one takeaway for you from the first OTA, um, or Mickey, I t- piggybacking on the Connor Williams thing. He does look markedly different. Just his physique, um, he's remade his body this offseason. That's impressive. And I think Michael Gallup has done that too at wide receiver. I think that those are two second-year guys to watch that have a chance to take a step forward. I thought physically looked good. Yeah, I thought yeah. Gallup, you know, I think he kind of looked kind of slender as a rookie. I think he's, he's put on some muscle. Um, I'm just going to watch those guys coming up because I think, yes, they've made some additions in the offseason, but when you've got a young team and you don't make major free agent moves, you got to rely on second-year guys like that to step up. And I thought, I thought Gallup looked impressive. And, and the wide receiver position, we can get deeper into this, but there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of young talent at wide receiver that we're seeing. Some of these undrafted guys, there's going to be competition for those last two or three spots, I think. I think an overall uh, observation would be – improved team speed to piggyback what Rob just said with the uh, addition of some of those young wide receivers and it just seemed overall the team speed uh, has improved and then uh, the thing that stood out to me was uh, how seemingly seamless Randall Cobb fit in uh, playing the slot and then moving him around in other spots he's not He's not a Cole Beasley slot receiver. He's bigger. He may be faster. Better. Uh, and uh, and he, he just fit in so well. And, and, and so if he stays healthy, they might have improved that position. 
Fielded punts, too. Correct me if I'm Absolutely. wrong. Absolutely. Or, or, yeah. or tennis balls. Tennis balls. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was the guy that, I w- had I been there, I he was the guy that I was most looking forward to seeing was Randall Cobb. Well, I, I think he can he can add a lot to this offense again, assuming he stays healthy, mm-hmm. which has been the knock the last couple of years. Who well, had, was who, last year? Last year, alone yeah. nine nine games, eight starts. Who had, who who adds more? Just crystal ball this. Cobb or Quinn? Who be who has a bigger impact? If you just That's had a good if, you, question. if you had to crystal ball this. My immediate reaction was Cobb. Just because of, I think he's going to be, uh, he's going to be on, uh, very friendly for Dak in that sure. offense. And I think you've got, it's going to be a rotation of guys on that defensive line. You know, like we talked last week, I think probably Crawford starts at that right defensive end. Quinn comes in, which will be more effective doing it that way. Sure. But I, just my gut reaction is on that is I, uh, the Cobb signing, I thought was very significant. Now, because of what was happening with the Lawrence contract situation, almost out of necessity, that, it was yeah. The Quinn thing was was very necessary, right? And 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 the interesting thing with Cobb is, I don't know. I think they list him five ten, maybe, but he doesn't look five ten. He he plays the position bigger, and so they're able to move the slot guy into other areas than just the slot. He he looks like a threat on the outside. It, it's not like he's going to get lost and the quarterback can't find him down the field. The biggest difference between him and Cole Beasley, I think, is going to be yards after catch. Yeah, yeah, physical running style. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're looking at a 28 year old, and he's a he's willing to return punts, and he was pretty good at it. As a matter of fact, till he pulled his hamstring last year, I think it was the first three games. He he was their punt returner, right? And then he kind of stopped doing it. And when then he came when he back, came yeah. back, he 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 quit doing it. But he's willing, and and you know. And I thought it was interesting. Sanjay uh, said something to the effect. He goes, "Yeah, a lot of these veteran guys are established. They say they're willing, but they're not willing." He goes, "This guy's willing to do it." Uh, and uh, he was he was making those uh, in those skeleton uh, punt coverage drills. He made those young guys work to try to keep them in the pocket. And, you know, and Tavon, I don't believe, is practicing right now. No, no. Uh, so he's an option at punt return if he's healthy. Uh, he was, I mean, sort of the primary guy with Beasley last year. I think the Quinn thing is, that's a great question, Brian. I think it's tied a lot to Gregory's status with, with Robert Quinn because Cowboys might have some cautious optimism they can get Gregory back, but if they don't, you have to operate on the premise they don't have him. That's six sacks coming off that right edge. And they need somebody to fill that. Uh, Tyrone Crawford is a solid guy, uh, run stopper, can play different spots. But they they needed an, an Chris Richard. We talked to him last week. He called him an elite rusher. This guy's been in the Pro Bowl a couple times, just like Tank Lawrence. That's a big add, especially if you don't have Gregory, because then you then you've got somebody else. You got to find somebody else if you don't have Quinn there on that side. You got to ask Taco Charlton to step up, Crawford, those guys as well. So you know if you get Gregory back. It's a little deeper rotation. By by having, I agree with you about Quinn. By the way, I think Quinn is going to be super productive in this defense. I, I mean, if I if you want me to crystal ball it, I'm going to say, I think both will have a, a say in what happens offensively and defensively. I think Quinn has got that ability to, with with talent around him, I, I think he can. You know, we talk about six, seven, eight, say. I think he could be a double-digit sack guy. Mm. I really, really do. And if they, if like Bill says, if they keep him fresh, if it's Crawford ahead, and and then here we go and put him in there in those rush situations, if they can build a lead, get ahead, so mm-hmm. he's rushing and not having to play the run. But I, I think that he could be a guy that could be a real force in there rushing the passer, especially with guys inside and guys on the outside that on the other side that can help him. I'm interested to see if. If we think so much of Cobb playing inside and outside, that that puts Alan Hearns on the street. You know, if all of a sudden now his roster spot is in jeopardy, because I kind of felt like with the way the roster looks like right now, you would only keep Hearns if something were to happen to one of the starting wide receivers, and then maybe something were to happen to Cobb. You know, I think he's kind of that, okay, we don't want to put just a young guy in there to be a starter or a slot player will keep a veteran guy as that fourth guy. 
So I wonder if Cobb just just has such a great camp, and we start to see okay, he can do both successfully, successfully like we've seen at Green Bay. Would that mean that that Alan Hearn's roster spot is in jeopardy, and then they keep another a younger guy that they're going to try and develop? You know, I mean, I I think I think the the wide receiver spot is one where we're going to see veteran guys get released. Well, I mean, you watch. I really do. It's mm-hmm. so early, but you watch like a John Bayat Johnson, and you're like, man, this guy's. Athletic, you watch him at Toledo. He makes plays all in field in yeah. Toledo. Yeah. And they had so many receivers, they kind of spread the wealth around. That's why his numbers his were no, high. Yeah, they weren't. But. And, and Sanjay really likes Jalen Guyton. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. If they keep six receivers, yeah. I guarantee you somewhere along the line, there's going to be two young guys in there. We, we answered the question this morning on the mailbag about that, about believe about what position would they go long, what position they go short. I don't, man. I would be surprised if they went six receivers. They kept six initially last yeah, year, but I by know. the end of the season, yeah. I think they were at five. Yeah, I just think that it's you know, I I think they I don't think they if there's a position I think they might go long at. It's going to sound crazy. Is running back. Well, you drafted two guys. You drafted two guys. You've got you know you count the fullback as one of their guys. I think they like Olawale. You know, Kellen, no, no, they're playing Olawale quite a bit. Yeah, Kellen Moore so, mentioned him as one of these versatile guys that we can kind of move him around. So by long, that means how many, including the fullback? Well, if they go long, I mean, that's what I'm saying. They have three. They'll have four. Is there another guy? I mean, I, I, that's that's what I, Darius Jackson. I, Darius Jackson. See, I, I you keep the two young kids, Jackson, fullback, and Zeke. With this, yeah, is that five guys? I mean, that, yeah, that's I, I, that's that seems a little little tough for me. But I mean, it might be something they say. Okay, we. You know, I I just don't see them want to get rid of either one of these young guys because of the kids they brought in, you know, the drafted and then also Weber, who they uh, well they drafted both of them. So yeah, I I just don't see them want to get rid of those guys because they had such they had like third fourth round grades on these guys. That seems to me that's like keeping a guy. You know, you you say oh he's the seventh round pick we're not going to keep him. Well, no, you had, we had third-round grades on this guy. There, there, we obviously thought you know, there was a point in time that if we had an extra pick or we had, got stuck in the third round that we would have taken this guy. If you draft Tony Pollard in the fourth round, you've got a plan for him. Right. All, you know, well, and he's your versatile, offense, too, versatile right? And, right. and special teams. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, he, he worked. Uh, I was reading a story on him at Memphis. He worked as a gunner on the, he's, on the punt yeah. coverage team. Yeah. yeah. And boy, I know he's running third team right now behind Jackson, uh, running back. But man, he's explosive. And I know it's it's pat, no pads, and no real well, contact. That's but and it's seniority. This is yeah. This is veteran. This is veteran danger zone. Get ready. I mean, there's gonna be some veterans that are gonna get put on the street this year. This when we get down to it, you know, we thought we were surprised about Dan Bailey getting cut. There's gonna be some guys we're gonna go, ah, huh. Okay. It's the first time I can remember this roster having so many veterans who would might be in jeopardy because Oh yeah. Uh, well I'm including veterans guys that have been here. Lance Lenore who right. hasn't played. Right. You know, Noah Brown. I don't think Noah Brown's position's safe at all. And it, Kellen Moore might say, you know what, I don't need Noah Brown. I've got a fullback here I use. I got tight ends. I don't need my wide receiver motioning into the line and blocking. Yeah. Well, or my wide yeah, receiver. If you watch yeah. the Rams play, though, they, they do get the tight wings and play with those blocking wide receivers. So I don't know, maybe that's Noah Brown's, but I, I just feel like there's, you know, there's guys that could very well be shown the door here when it's all said and done. Because again, the, the, these grades are just too high on these guys. They're thinking, you know what we we thought enough of this kid. We got him. Got him probably for a steal. Let's see, let's see if we can develop a third round grade here. You know, and I, I think that's going to hold true on the defensive line. They've got so many guys. There's not room for everybody. Yeah. Now maybe you go long. I don't know. They kept ten last year. I, I think. think you always go long at offense and defensive line. Those are the hardest guys to find during the year. They're the hardest guys to develop, and they're the hardest guys to when you need to absolutely have them play, especially those offensive linemen. You, know, you just don't want to grab a guy off the street and try and play him in a game. That just doesn't work that way. It's not as effective as if you have, say, you have a you know ten guys plus you have maybe two on the practice squad. So you're running with twelve, thirteen guys. There's nothing wrong with that because you get, like I say, you got a veteran offensive line here too. That's had some, we you know yeah. they've had some issues at left tackle before. You know they've had some issues now at right tackle with a shoulder. It looks like, you know the mm-hmm. the center. Hopefully he can come all the way back. From a not an injury, but from a, a, a disease, 
You know, I mean, I, I, I just think that you have to go long at those positions. Those are the hardest guys to find during the year. And, and you know, there's competition in the, in the secondary, too. You know, you drafted a rookie safety, Donovan Wilson, uh, Mike, Mike Jackson, who can play corner, and they also think he could do some nickel stuff. You know, can those guys challenge some veterans for some backup spots as well? All right. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys, I'm going to ask the question, is this team a legitimate Super Bowl contender? And if not, what needs to happen for them to become one? When Talking Cowboys continues. apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too much? Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS One Score, September 2018. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys and with us you'll travel like a pro visit cowboystravel.com to book your travel package today Essilor has been helping Cowboys fans see better since 1972 so they don't miss a moment on the field. Get glasses with Essilor's best vision, clarity, and protection with the Essilor Ultimate Lens Package. Three innovative technologies in one lens. For a limited time, you can double your lenses for free when you purchase the Essilor Ultimate Lens Package and get a second pair of frames. Find a participating eye care professional and details by visiting EssilorUSA.com. That's EssilorUSA.com. Terms and conditions apply. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. Back to Talking Cowboys. And we are back on Talking Cowboys as we are talking second week of OTAs and we're talking big picture with this team and the makeup of this roster. We've got one little glimpse last Wednesday in the first open media session. And of course, there were a lot of guys that were taking veteran days off in front of the media last Wednesday. But they're active in these OTAs. we got a lot of injured players coming off surgeries, that sort of thing. But we're getting a little bit of a glimpse now. And it will continue tomorrow, our second open media session, and then next week, and then the week after that will be the mini camp. And then it's a month off, and then Oxnard, here we come on uh, July 25th. But my question for you guys is, is this team, a legitimate Super Bowl contender, and if not, then what needs to emerge or needs to happen for them to become one? Where are they, where are they lacking as far as that goes? Who would like to jump in? It's battle-tested as far as some veteran positions that the quarterback, the running back, across the offensive line and defensive line. I think there's some questions of really, what, you know, can the secondary, what's going to happen with Byron Jones? Is he going to miss a game or two? Who's going to play the right corner if that happens? I think with Sean Lee being back in the mix, though, and maybe it'll allow them to play a little bit more base, get three more good linebackers on the field. So defensively, that could help. I, I do feel like the schedule does them absolutely no favors. They might get off to a great start, and then now it's about are you healthy enough? Can you get through the last month? Can you get through that that stretch where it's New England, you got the Thanksgiving against Buffalo, then it's the Chicago Rams, Philly. That get that right there could tell you a lot. You don't want to be a team that's going going really well, then just kind of leaking oil getting into the playoffs. Now, a team like the Rams did it last year. They were able to get the second seed. I think that's really, really important for this team. I just don't feel like going the the wild card route and then get to win a divisional game and then win a championship game to get to the Super Bowl. I think they have to be the one or the two seed to get through this thing. And so that's where I worry because of the schedule. But I think the roster's good enough. I'll always have questions. Can 
the the new offensive coordinator get things done? I have faith in the defensive coordinator. And can the head coach steal me a game or two necessary? Those are always the questions. But I do like the roster the way it's made up right now. Yeah, New England has kind of proven through the years that if you get that first and second uh, seed, you've got a much better chance yeah, of they, making Dallas it Yeah, Dallas had the first seed here a couple of years ago, and it didn't work out very well. But I, I just think playing one less game, mm-hmm. that just means so much. But it, it didn't a couple of years ago. But I think if you look overall, like I say, the Rams kind of sputtered into the, into the playoffs. But they won enough games where they got the second seed. Yeah, they had to go to New Orleans, and they should have won that game. But uh, or New Orleans should have won that game. But uh, yeah, I just uh, I, like I said, I do like the roster here. I do like a lot. I think you always have to start inward and then build outward and look first at their division and say, are they the best team in their division on paper? And I I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be favored to repeat in the East because it's a young football team. Like Brian said, there's not a lot of question marks on this team. I, you know, starting week one though, you got to make sure Demarcus Lawrence is healthy, Byron Jones is healthy. Um, so I guess you could call those questions, but I think they're fairly confident in that. You can be a better team year to year and maybe not have a better record than you did the year before, and that is where the schedule comes in because it is a tougher schedule because you are a first-place team. You're getting the Rams. You're getting the Saints. That's tough, and yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't think those teams are going anywhere, um, and sometimes two games can decide the division or, or the playoffs, but I don't. I don't look at this roster and have a bunch of question marks. I really don't. Maybe a backup quarterback we do if something were to happen to the quarterback. Depth-wise, yes. Yeah. Uh, one of those two guys has got to step up. Who's um, the backup for the Rams? It, they got a new one. They just got rid of uh, – who did they just sign? I, I, this is terrible. That I know they got rid of the guy they just – They've had their Mannion was there forever. Yeah. And then they, they've moved – Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles, yeah. I should have known that. But you just never know, Mick. No, I, mean, I, I was I, just. I mean, the Reds, Redskins wound up going three, four deep last year. Things happen, um, but just I, okay. I, I do. I do look at the roster and say I think they got better at a couple key spots. I think Randall Cobb can be more explosive for them for Dak in this offense, and I think Robert Quinn gives them another proven guy off the edge. They did make additions in free agency this year slash trade that. Bigger additions than they have in years past, I think, with those two guys in addition to your rookie class. Witten could help in the red zone, too. Witten as well. That that could upgrade some areas there. To your point, Mickey, who was the backup quarterback for the Rams last year when they made it to the Super Bowl? That was my point. Sean Mannion. Mannion, that's what I said. Yeah, they just got rid of him, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So he beats the Cowboys every year in the in the preseason. (laughs) He's like sixteen of eighteen and they win the game. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the backup in Philadelphia now? to look that up now who is uh, well they sign well they they've got the guy that killed the cowboys Sudfeld's in the last still there. Sudfeld, yeah. yeah and man i need to review things oh, that's yeah. what i'm going to spend the summer yeah, doing reviewing, reviewing backup, things yeah. reviewing backup quarterbacks if we're going to worry about backup quarterbacks they, they just signed cody kessler by the way oh, that's right that's and right. uh they drafted in the fifth round clayton thorson and they have Nate Sudfeld. Northwestern. And yeah. Sudfeld is probably the your backup. backup. Right. If that's the first thing that comes to your mind, then yeah, your roster's in pretty good shape. Yeah. But it is something you got to look at. I think it's the been... one thing that could kill this team, though, couldn't it? Well, yeah. And it's I the mean, one thing that the Eagles had when they won the Super Bowl. Yep. Losing Zeke could kill this team. Now get ready yep. for that. Right? So if you look at if you look at the roster and you look at where they were the second half of the season last year. So my answer to your question is, why not? They went 7-1, and one, right? Mm-hmm. What was the difference between 3-5 and five and 7-1? and one? They acquired a wide receiver. That was okay. the first thing that everyone would yeah. point out. And I think another huge thing will be if Travis Frederick's ready to go. That's another one, yep. I mean, yep. And if he's ready to go and he's – a semblance of himself, that offensive line is going to be pretty good. And and that was a problem last year. You know, I, I know everybody wants to blame the quarterback for 56 sacks, but the protection wasn't great. And, yeah, and, and, it, and it, it wasn't all Joe Looney, too. No, I mean, it wasn't. And, and, and I think, but here's a question since you brought up Joe Looney. Yeah. If Frederick's back and you're adding McGovern and you got Suofilo – 
three of those backups can't be there, right? Suofilo's likely gone. Right? That's why I'm saying veterans are going to go on their That's, that's one of them, They're going right? to move well, on. There's, yep. a, there's a bubble veteran right there. Yeah. Now, yeah. it would be nice to see if they had um, a challenge to Cameron Fleming to improve the backup tackle thing. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe one of these young guys that they got on the, you know, from in free agency that they had good grades on that could can compete and would be better than Fleming. Mitch Hyatt, Brandon Knight. Brandon Knight. I think Brandon Knight looked pretty good actually, just in helmets and t-shirts. Was he lining up at right tackle? Lining up at right tackle. Yeah. yeah. Him and they, this Campos. I, I don't trust Jake Campos myself. God, his feet are just. That's what I'm saying. Right now, they're going to figure out Jake Campos can't play, and then so that'll that'll move on. If Jake Campos would not be playing if Cam Fleming was healthy right now, just wouldn't be playing. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and they need they need to figure. They and I, I I trust that they'll figure it. I trust Mark Colombo will figure out Jake Campos. He he's here because of last year and he's doing all the drills and stuff like that. But to me, they need to figure out that swing tackle. If they don't like, it, you know, they obviously think that Fleming can do it because they signed him to a two year deal. Where right. the year before it was just a one year deal. So they're basically saying, okay, you're going to be our swing tackle is what you, what's going to happen here. But I'd like to see that 10th guy be somebody like, a, say, Knight or yeah. Hyatt, one of those guys that you can kind of develop. And if maybe you can get the other ones onto a practice squad, that would be all the best right there. And to Mickey's point about the O-line, uh, I think when Colombo took over, they did restore their identity a little, especially in the running game. They got back to – being physical in the run game, maybe more so in pass protection that last half of the season because Dak was still getting sacked down the stretch. Um, that's something they got to look at. But, you know, there is a difference when you get an all-pro type player back at center over Joe Looney. Especially center. And especially center. And Joe did a nice job, but I think we've talked about it. The red zone, maybe more than anything, is where you might see Travis Frederick have an impact. And, and they can be better than dead last in goal-to-go situations where they've just got to, you know, you might need a yard at times, and they weren't able to get it down there. So if you're confident that the defense can play as consistent as they did last year, and with Cooper here for an entire season, and um, with the exception of the Indianapolis game, when they just threw in a clunker, those other seven games, they averaged a touchdown more than they averaged over the first eight games of the season. So if the offense can play to that level and, and over the season average 27 points a game, I think you're a better team. And I think you've got some personnel if Frederick's there with Gallup in his second year, and he improved greatly the second half of the season, Cobb and the tight end position. See, we forget last year you played basically with – you know, when they lost their starter – you're playing with two tight ends that never played in the league, and and you were well, still and, and able. Swain yeah, was a seventh rounder, I, and so, Swain yeah. was a seventh rounder, hadn't played that much, and then he gets hurt, uh, and your other two guys had not played in the league. It's just and such you a still yeah. were able to do what you did the second half of the season. It's such a young roster, and you look at it, it's like thirty something guys, I think, close to thirty guys, twenty five years or younger. Last year, you just you you expect them to be better those guys to be better. And that's that's the meat of your roster. In addition to your young players are still – I mean, your leaders are young players, Dak, Zeke. And then they've added some veterans. Like, there's really no reason you look at it on paper and say, well, they shouldn't be better than they were before. I uh, just think they're getting undervaluated nationally. Well, it's, who's, who's, who's evaluating above them? Because, I, honestly, I haven't really looked well, at when it. Well, like, when you look at those power rankings or whatever, well, the, the, they're like 12 to 15. They ranked, their, they ranked the roster the other day. Yeah. They were, the top, they were number six overall. Number six overall. Yeah, Adam the, the, Shine for NFL.com. Yeah, the, the Chargers yeah. were number one. I think where people have the biggest question is at offensive coordinator. They don't know what to expect there. And that's where you hope that the early part of the season, the early part of the schedule, that they can kind of – can develop some things, grow some things, kind of find some hang your hat on things, you know, because you don't want that to be into that second half of the schedule where you're now thinking, man, we're just not doing well in the red zone. We're not doing well. We're not converting third downs. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're struggling with sacks. You know, you don't want all – if all that – if you if you still have problems getting into that last half of the season, 
then then this team is not going to go anywhere. Everything that I just said is not no matter with the roster, whatever is not going to go. But anywhere. didn't that stuff bother them last year? Not as much in the second half. Why? Well, they got a better player, but they got a new offensive coordinator. That's my point, Mickey. They well, don't. They don't I'm, have so the same if, offensive if coordinator. If you didn't think, if you didn't think this offense coordinator, along with Garrett and Nussmeyer, were going to do a better job, then why did you get rid of, rid of Linehan? They'd had enough of him. Okay, but the second half was still pretty good. Then why did they get rid of him? Yeah, right. So see, that's the question. So if you got rid of him, then what you did should improve what you had, right? Well, that's you're you're banking on that. You're banking on that, and that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the only problem they can have with the to me the roster is fine. I don't see a problem with the roster at all. I do see a problem with the unknown on the at the offensive coordinator. Well, then the head coach is the offensive coordinator if there's a problem. Well, if that's the case, then he's going to have to do that to save his job. Well, either way, because if it gets to the point where the where the head coach is now the OC, then they're likely the season's not going to be very good. I agree with you, Mick. They were better down the stretch, especially piling up yards. But they still had trouble converting drives into points. But they still, other than that Indianapolis game, averaged 26 points a game. Okay, but if you throw that in there, they went from, I believe it was 20 points a game without Amari to like 21-something with him. I mean, they still weren't scoring a lot of points. And and you're facing the best teams last year in that conference, New Orleans, Rams. I mean, they're more Bears. close to 30 points a game. you you got to be able to do that. And I'm worried about the Saints' defense. They give up a lot of points. They only scored 13 against them last year. And they won. Barely. Yeah. Yeah. They won. Four, it, it took a, a, a goal line stand. It took a transcendent <laughs> performance by that defense. <laughs> they still like, won. Yeah. And the greatest offensive coordinator ever only scored 10 points. <sighs> he should have been the Super Bowl. Yeah. So defensively, every, everything's all good. Payton. I don't I you know what I, I like I yeah, said, right. I like it's opened up with what's gonna happen is Byron Jones gonna be ready to play at right corner. What's the health situation with Demarcus Lawrence and that shoulder? Will he be ready to go? They're hoping week one for yeah. both. Yeah. Yeah. You know, is is Lyle Collins gonna be hurt, yeah. break his foot going around the bags at training camp? You know, Malik. I mean these are all things. Malik. Malik, I'm sorry, Malik. Malik. Had yeah. Foot problems, yeah. Yeah. I mean so, th- these are all I mean, I I I, I have I think I have more questions. Uh, more, I, 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 I trust the coordinator to take whatever he has and make it work because I kind of seen him do that. How much are they dependent on the second round draft pick to be productive his rookie year, Tristan Hill? I think they absolutely need him to be productive. I mean, disruptive. I'm not disruptive. Just yeah. I'm, I mean, he's gonna he's he's gonna have to he's he can't afford to hit the rookie wall in week twelve. When they're getting ready See, to, to make that deal, when they go to New England, you know, and that when that it's November such a long season and for a rookie coming in, I just I, but kind of yeah. like with Quinn in a different respect because he's so young, is in a rotation. I love him, but I, I think you got to have enough in there with him inside. And but if there's a rotation, you shouldn't hit a wall, right? Right. You're not. Right. You're, and that's why I said he's fine. Vanderish didn't hit a wall. He's going to play 30, 30 snaps a game, maybe. No, that's might have to play more if something again happens with Malik. Malik. Well, yeah, that, that's. I mean, you, okay, I, you're right. You don't plan. I mean, you have to feel like, okay, can he practice? Is he going to, you know? I mean, seriously, he's he's. It's been it's been that type of a career for him. Can he stay healthy enough to play a full 16 games? Because when you look at last year, one of the reasons that the defensive line seemed to have a, a good amount of talent was the prospect of David Irving being in there. Well, and then he Never wasn't played. in there at all. Played yeah, two exactly games, right, yeah. right. But when you like at this time last year, we're thinking, okay, you got that guy. If he can play at whatever, yep. and of course we didn't see it at all. And so where are they talent-wise? How much have they upgraded talent-wise to – to be better than they were last year at defensive. If, if, if Quinn can do what Brian said yeah. and Tyron Crawford can play inside, there you go. Okay. Then, then you've taken care of that defensive line. See, the thing I think that guys that, we're, we're, that I, we need to focus on is maybe some of the shortcomings at the defensive line last year, the, the better play defensively, was because of Smith and Vanderesh at the line of scrimmage. You know, there weren't a lot of big plays because mm-hmm. those guys were making a ton of tackles. Now, again, you get Sean Lee on the field. I think the reason why they didn't play Damian Wilson because he wasn't any good. 
You know, they didn't play a Sam linebacker. Yeah, they play a lot of nickel and stuff. But trust me, I, I could see him playing a lot of base with Sean Lee on the field. Get your best three linebackers. Get your best three on linebackers field. on the field. And let's yeah. let's go tackle people. You know, that's where I think this team might very well go. Or play that three four front. Yeah, and they don't have to put a defensive back in that four. Yeah. See, the, 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 I think that I think that the defense was improved remarkably throughout the year because of those two linebackers. I really yeah, do. Yeah. And, and the yeah. fact and the fact that your right corner played really really well. You know, they didn't really take advantage of a Wouzier very much. Mm-hmm. You know, safeties were okay. The free safety played. I thought played pretty well. He did. But those yeah. linebackers were the ones. The linebackers, the human log. We didn't expect the say, human log to do anything. This time last year, they yeah. were just picking him up from Tennessee. Yeah, yeah he was just yeah. coming in, right? right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Though, so to me, you know, and then the and then the left end, mm-hmm. the left end, you know, is is a is a unique player. Gregory got better as the year went on too. Sure, with more snaps. Antoine Woods was outstanding, but I think they realized that the by the end of the year, they needed to improve that depth. And we didn't mention two guys they signed. I don't know what. What's going to happen for Christian Kerry, Covington? Kerry Hyder, those guys are yeah. veteran guys now. Yeah. Is there, which, by the way, three years ago, Hyder looked like he moves well. Played when I was mentioning end. speed, yeah, I, I wasn't just talking offense. The defensive speed is improved, yeah, and and including Hyder. Yeah. The question yeah. is, who, is there enough room at the end? I mean, at the end of this thing, we'll, we'll find out well, how they find there's spots gonna, for That's why I said the, the competition on that defensive line, I'll tell you what, and I, it, it's only bag drills, and I get it, but Jalen Jelks can move, Yeah, and he's got great bend. And the other, um, the other Jackson, uh, Joe. Joe, Joe Jackson, Jackson this guy, is, he's, he looks big out there. And and to the point, Marinelli said, you know what? He may have some inside pass rush ability. So th- there, there's going to be some competition with these young guys. Six in four there. two seventy five. Yeah. I really like Wise too, the kid from Kansas. Mm-hmm. There's another yeah. one. Yeah, that yeah. he there. moved well. Yeah. Also, see that, that that's to me. I if this defense, I think this defense. You look at the talents on it. I think it's good enough. Can they stay healthy? I think that's another question. I think the coach is outstanding. Defensive coordinator is outstanding. I think he'll have them ready to play. If you know, it, it, heck, it might not matter how many points they score. If they if they get on that train, the defense gets on that train where they're not giving up points. You know, but you know, if you can average 23, 24 points a game, you're going to win a lot of games. That's that's going to be the key for this offense. And so again, I love the roster. I do have my questions. I think Kellen Moore can do a fine job. I'm just I need to see Kellen Moore do a fine job. All right, earlier. Brian mentioned something about the running back situation that raised my eyebrow, and we bring that up when talking Cowboys continues in a moment. What a tease. What a tease. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. It's time for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. The OtterBox that builds those crazy protective phone cases? Yep, and now they're changing the side dish game with the OtterBox Trooper Soft Cooler. Lightweight, mobile, and leak-proof, Trooper is perfect for blitzing a crowded parking lot with a Frito pie. Amazing. Hey, you think I could fit my seven-layer salmon salad into the Trooper cooler? Yep, but please don't. And that's been Tailgating with the OtterBox Boys. Learn more about the Trooper soft coolers at otterbox.com. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Dr. Pepper is the one you crave. But how do you explain that craving? Imagine a surging river of ice-cool Dr. Pepper roaring with carbonated mists of desire. You're dangling above it, upside down, like a fishing lure in the wind. 23 flavors tickle your nose, but the river is too far away to taste. 
Dr. Pepper calls to you. You, you. Now that is a Dr. Pepper craving. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. And if you go to getjackblack.com, how about this? This is the weekly special, and it'll probably be the weekly special for the next three weeks. Hit the father load. Find the perfect gift for dad. Get a five-piece hero gift with your $70 plus purchase. And that five pieces includes Turbo Wash, Pure Clean Daily Facial Cleanser, Face Buff Energizing Scrub, Double Duty Face Moisturizer, and a Mini Intense Therapy Lip Balm. And if you shop now and you use the code HERO, you can get all that for your dear loving dad. Mm. Father's Day fast approaching. Yes. I had a birthday come and go, and I did not get any Jack Black. No, so Bill they Jones. Got one more chance. Father's up Day. Here. How old are you now? Less than three. We don't need to get into that. Are you like 58? 68? 68. 68. 68. 62. I've, no. 61. No. 60. I have joined Mickey as a sexagenarian. What? Sexagenarian. <laughs> what? No, he's it's catching up. It's an octogenarian up. is the 80s. A septuagenarian, I think, is the 70s. <laughs> Bill. How old are you? Quintagenarian is a fifty you're a quintagenarian? Uh, fifty five, Bill. What does that mean? Quinta, Means you're, you're a, a quintagenarian. Technically. <laughs> hey, there's there's some benefits no, to being I, a senior I joined, citizen. Sixty years old? Mm-hmm. Means you get a movie Congratulations, Bill. Uh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I didn't think you were that much older than me. Fifty to sixty goes that fast. Yeah. It goes so fast. Yeah. So. About sixty to seventy. <laughs> that's scary. God, that's so scary. <laughs> My dad turns seventy in two weeks, oh. and I don't think he's too happy about it. I uh, know. You know what? It doesn't matter what the age is. You're right. <laughs> as long as you have the age. But what happens is other people look at you differently. Oh no! How do they look at you? Oh look, mm. Mickey's a fool. He well, must be eighty. <laughs> That's what happens. You, you don't become a doddering fool. You don't feel any differently, but people will look at you differently. What do they do? They try to help you across the street, or like, what's different? Well, they try to minimize you a little bit. <laughs> minimize you. You so know what? Watch does, yourself, because I'm I, not getting minimized. I mean, it does seem like it was yesterday I was turning 50, and it was yesterday I was turning 60. Now. Um, and it does make you value every day. And make something especially when people dying around you. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. Which we should shout out to Bart Starr. Yeah, eighty-five, nice man, and fought his way through for the last four or five years after yeah. suffering the stroke. Yeah, and w- were we at the game when he showed up in Green Bay for Favre's? I thought that was the Bears. Was that the Bears? That game? was the Bears because we were there. They did something. They Maybe put, they retired a uniform. They or? put they put Far was in the Packer Hall of Fame, and it was the, his acceptance speech. And all it was a night against the Bears, and it was raining, cold, kind of a thing. I just remember they did something for Favre when we were there, and it's like, oh, they give him picked, his ring. I think. They, yeah. Oh, maybe that Hall was of Fame it, the ring? Hall yeah. of Fame ring. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Also, longtime local reporter Jerry Fraley passed away over the weekend mm-hmm. too. He hated writers that covered football. He was more of a baseball guy, for sure. He hated writers that covered football. I'll be honest, Rob. I will be. Man was, if if the man enjoyed being gruff and mean and all that, he lived a great life. Seriously. I'm not going to sit there and act like that it's not, you know. He's uh, glowing uh, plaudits going his way from people that he worked with um, in in the baseball world. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hated football. Yep. Was a baseball guy, for sure. Yep. Um and then Bill Buckner died too. So that's right. Yeah. Sixty nine. Yep. Yeah. So um 
Ezekiel Elliott? Ezekiel Elliott, yeah. Not dead. No. Not dead. You, uh, We were talking about running back depth earlier, and uh, there was one little comment that Brian made that I, maybe you yeah. think, oh, maybe there is a, I don't know. A, I mean, a cloud that, uh, that we should be concerned with about a possible suspension. I just don't think you could keep, if you say poking the bear, I just think you can't keep doing that. And, and thinking that everything is going to be okay. And, and I just, anytime you let the commissioner's office have some type of, oh, we're going to look at this, we're going to investigate, you just don't know what outcome is going to come from that. And that's what we're, I mean, and people can say, oh, everything's going to be okay. Until the commissioner's office says it's going to be okay, then it's not okay. That's the things mm-hmm. that worry me. Mm-hmm. You know, as you as you go into the season, you're thinking, okay, what's the one thing that can really hurt your football team? Oh, losing your quarterback. Maybe losing Cooper. How about losing Ezekiel Elliott? You know? As Mickey so, said earlier in the show, I mean, I think he's the one guy – well, I mean, Dak obviously, but uh, the one guy you can least afford to lose. So it, it, here's the deal when the commissioner looks at it. Um, because we don't know – all the stipulations he had in his agreement when he came back from the six-game suspension. There might be some things in there. That Don't get in trouble anymore. Very per- yeah. yeah. yeah and they, now, now they, how do you define trouble? Yeah. Because I'll guarantee you someone's given me a forearm a lot harder than that, and I didn't fall down. Mm-hmm. Okay. That guy's he, fa- he, he I, I want to see no more videos of anything. Mickey thought that was uh, he flopped. Manu Ginobili there. That was, that, that, that was soccer, yeah, Ginobili, whatever you want to call it. Now, and I think you have to take that in consideration when you looked at it. The other thing that what you don't want is come back home and the headline in your local paper says handcuffed, right? But to me, the police did him a favor by doing that and walking him away because they wanted to make diffuse the situation. And as you can see, he did not resist. He just put his hands behind his back and walked off. They walked off about 20 yards, calmed everybody down, and let him go. I think, yeah. So it wasn't like they were worried that, oh, something's going to explode here. Let's just walk away and get away from the situation. I thought they did him a favor, except for the optics of what it looks like when you're handcuffed. Yep, and then the optics goes back to, again, who he is. If that was you or me, I don't think you visit electric dance festivals very often. But if it was you, (laughs) there's not a camera phone following you around, you know. And so you just have to be more aware of who you are and what people are. You got paparazzi around you because you're a public figure. Bottom line. Especially when you're wearing a yellow jersey, it says, look at me. Well, it's like what Charles Barkley was saying about uh, Christoph Porzingis, the uh, Mavericks player who got into it in a bar over in Latvia. Um, Darn Russians. Barkley was talking about he was back in Auburn recently with some old college friends, and someone was poking the bear and poking him in the bar, and he just told his buddies, we got to get out of here because I'm the only one that can be hurt by this. I mean, I could go punch this guy's lights out if I wanted to, but – uh, it's not going to do me any good. You what did know? you guys see with this interaction with the girl? What did you see? I didn't see anything. Was he leaning on her? No, no he I, wasn't. I was, really, he, was he pushing her no, with his? No. They had, they, I think they. it looked like somewhat of an animated conversation, maybe. But was there any, I'm not talking hands-on, but was he leaning on her? Not, I mean, really, I, don't, I didn't see anything from that video to say, uh-oh. I, I think he he might get suspended for this. However, to your point, he's he got six games for something totally different, but he was never he wasn't even convicted of he that. He was never charged yeah. or arrested in that circumstance yeah. either. And that's what goes back to the whole NFL. There you go, CBA. That you put the, it in their it, hands. It look what happens. It doesn't matter criminally, whatever. If right. there's, even if there's nothing there, the NFL has their own jurisdiction to, to look into things. And, so, and hand out punishment how they see fit. So, yeah, I mean, you always got to, like, oh, you know, a little bit. Yeah. His next, his next tattoo has to be walk away. Put it on his forearm and just remember. Well, that's stuff what I, like that's that what I'm happens, saying. Who, you've got to walk away because you're not Pete Elliott. Yeah. And somebody's always going to be after you. 
Pete. Or, or Jim. Or, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Any, any, just any Joe Schmo out there. <laughs> On this show, I was just called a racist by the people in Periscope. For? I was just called a racist. For what? For, for they, 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 the guy said I was a closet racist. Hmm. Closet. Far from it, it my friend. Sense. Far from well, it. Well, if he was a closet, he wouldn't have said whatever yeah. got you well, provoked. Not true. Have a good All day, right, sir. We continue next week on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?